0: And welcome to the Ascribe Podcast, a space to inspire women to build their brands and business without leaving their faith behind. And I'm your host, Janet Oyadilla. You'll be hearing candid conversations with founders, thought leaders, and inspiring individuals on navigating faith and life as an entrepreneur. Get ready to be challenged and encouraged as you listen. This is the Ascribe Podcast. Hi everyone, so welcome back to the Ascribe Podcast. On today's episode, we've got a qualified accountant who is currently working as a management consultant dealing with finance transformation in one of the big four accounting firms. She also has seven years of experience working in government finance. Her skills, experience and passion for everyday people led her to set up Beni Ratio Finances, a personal and business finance advisory company. In addition to this, she's a wife, an author, and founder of Women on Purpose, where she teaches and empowers 21st century women to live their lives based on biblical principles. Today's guest is Benedicta Ekbeme. Welcome to the podcast,
1: Benedicta. It's great to have you. How are you doing today? Thank you for having me. It's been good. Thank you. I'm happy to be here and excited for what we're about to talk about now.
0: Great, great, great. It's lovely to have you. Um, and it's great that we're going to be able to explore more around business finances. Um, as you all know, this is a podcast that's aimed at supporting entrepreneurial women to be empowered by faith, whilst equipping them with practical and actionable tips and insights for building a business. So it's great to have you with us. And I think it'll be nice to hear a bit more about your career journey. So before we delve into a bit more around business finances, how did you find yourself working in this sector?
1: Um, I think it's probably um, it's literally from childhood like I've always enjoyed like numbers and maths and like even I remember even in primary school just always loving to go to maths class but hating to go to English classes Mm. Um, so yeah I like I remember winning like competitions as a child with maths so I've always been good with numbers Um, and so yeah I studied maths um, did really well in it and I just continued pursuing topics in that Line. and then I think I said to I was saying the other day I coined a new phrase I said I feel like I'm an entrepreneur by blood because um my my, my dad uh, my mom and my dad have always been like into business as well so the combination of you know the good um ability with numbers and maths and then business just really made you know it kind of almost was predestined for me to kind of go down this path Mm -hmm. um, and helping business owners, helping individuals with their numbers. And um, yeah, you know, as I I went to uni, I studied um, business economics, Um, And one of the modules that we had to do was financial accounting. I hated it. I'm like, well, who wants to ever be a financial accountant? That's so boring. And then they made us do management accounting. And I'm like, wow, this is amazing. Like, why did no one tell me that there were different types of accountants? So I didn't even know. You know, everyone kind of has this perception when they hear the word accounting, they just think one way. And I was like that as well. But then, you know, I started um developing myself understanding a bit more about the different types of accounting and then I did like an accounting course and the rest is history you know got a job um in that line and then just worked my way up and moved over and kind of just parked out my career every time I always say from a career point of view every time I move somewhere I always see um if I can see my way up like I don't stay anywhere that you that I can't see a path That means that I can, you know, aspire to the next level, if that makes sense. Mm. So for me, that's very important in career growth. So yeah, you know, I literally have been intentional about planning my career, working in government, starting in government, not like I desired to be there, but I found myself there, made it work, worked my way up, and then I decided I want to start going for... um, private sector experience and I prayed about it and you know God did all his bit and I did my bit as well it worked together and yeah working at um, top four now and you know still looking to expand my horizons even more but yeah it's been a faith journey but a combination of faith and you know just natural skill and talent and ability
0: Mm, That's great. And it's so lovely to even hear you speak about um, accounting because my background is actually in accounting and management accounting as well. So when you were, (laughs) when you were speaking about, you know, the different areas in accounting um, and financial accounting, management accounting, I was just like, yes, I'm on your wavelength. (laughs) Um, I'm all about the management accounting and how it impacts businesses. So it's actually great to have a fellow accountant on the podcast. (laughs) 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 Yeah. So, yeah, and I know you mentioned, you know, your faith and how that's been um, like in terms of prayer and, you know, praying about your career journey and stuff. When mm. would you say that your faith journey actually started? When did you start building your personal relationship with God?
1: Oh, wow. Oh, I'm going to burst someone's bubble because I'm going to give the typical Christianese. <laughs> <laughs> like for me, I've, my parents have always been like... Um, I grew up in a Christian home, basically, so I always say it's hard to actually say, oh, I got saved on this date. You know, some people say, oh, on, 90, on the 5th of April, 1982, I gave my life to Christ. I'm not that kind of person. I, sometimes I feel bad, but yeah, um, I grew up in a, in a household of faith, so I had always, you know, had those general, you know, principles um, and just always loved God. I would say, obviously, as a you know a child or a teenager, I should say, growing up, you know, you still mess about here and there. But within me, I always kind of knew what was right and what was wrong. And even when I was doing wrong sometimes, I knew that it was wrong. Um, so it was a case of maybe like rededicating my life back to Christ kind of thing. Um, but yeah, I, I wouldn't say there was a day and a time Um, In particular, because of my privilege to have grown up in a Christian faith, but uh, in a Christian household rather. Um, But I would say that um, definitely, you know, as you mature, moving out from home, you know, moving, moving away from home, going to uni, living on my own, definitely through those times, you know, growing stronger and stronger. It comes a time where you can no longer rely on your parents. Right. And their prayers, you've got to pray for yourself. Mm -hmm. So similarly, when you move out, you have to start feeding yourself and, you know, buying all those other things that you need. Um, It's a similar thing I would say with faith, you know, moving home, moving out of home means that you, you have, you're more exposed um and you know you just need that extra extra person that you can lean on and so i would say maybe for uni years i really really got over serious not over but more serious with god and just really pressing and 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 wanting him to be the 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 one that led everything that i did
0: Mm, i think that's so good i feel like there are some seasons of life that are more defining that help us to really lean into our christian faith and really develop that relationship with god um and it's great to hear that you know even though you grew up in a christian home um you recognize that you know you're not always going to be living with your parents and living at home and there's going to be times when you need to know god for yourself and be able to relate and experience his love for yourself as well so that's amazing amazing so let's talk about your career then so let's talk about your background your expertise which is business finances Um, I think it's a great thing that you know you're able to do it you know through your day-to-day job but you've also got a business where you support people through those skills so I think it'll be nice to start off with just understanding what are the finance fundamentals to have in place when starting a business. So
1: with starting a business I'm going to put my accounting accountant hat on. <laughs> um number one, you know, having a business bank account, like it's not even optional. Whether you're self employed or you're a limited company, you need to have a business bank account. Why do you need to have a business bank account? Because ideally you need to be separating your funding, um, separating your business income and expense from your personal income and expense. Um, and I always say, you know, your business you are not your business. Your business should be able to exist separate from you, you need to be able to record the income that comes in, the expenses and the profit. And you can't do that if it's all tied in with your own money. And from an accountant's point of view, it's just a nightmare trying to go through someone's bank statement and ask, Oh, was this for was this for the business? Was it not for the business? You know, is this income for the business or is it not? So having a business bank account I would say is a number one finance fundamental um so you're registering a company um via company's house it's important to get an accountant from day one and why do i say that because an accountant um with you on the journey can actually help you to make the right financial decisions ahead of time so what would be a typical example of that is like how to take out money from your company because for example when you set up a limited company it's a different institution, and so therefore you need to do it in a proper way that is acceptable by you know the HMRC and the powers that be. So um, having a counsel from day one will help you to set up the business in a way that's right for you. So yeah, you know just as as a as an individual. Your circumstances are different. And so by getting an accountant on board, you're able to you know, make decisions, financial decisions for your company in line with what is best for you, basically, in a way that will save you the most money. Um, yeah. And another thing I would say in terms of a finance fundamental probably be a cash flow forecast. Many people just go into business and they just start buying things um, and then they realize they need to pay for this and they need to pay for that. And before you know it, the cost has accumulated Um, And you're committing yourself, you know, financially to so many different things, but you're not necessarily planning towards those things. It's kind of ad hoc. So whenever you need it, you start spending. And I think with a business, uh, with a cash flow forecast for your business, it helps you to look forward into the future and, you know, begin to, you know, put yourself in the right position to be able to meet your financial expenses that are coming up in the future. And I think that's very important for any business that will be successful in the long run.
0: Mm-hmm. I think that's great, you know. So, yeah, as you mentioned, having um, a separate bank account for your business from your personal bank account Um speaking to an accountant because they have got experience and greater insight into what might be the best solution for you as you start. Um, and like you mentioned, cash as well, having a cash flow so that you can look into the future and see what you can and can't afford yeah. um, so that you don't find yourself, you know, out of cash when you yeah. need it the most. I think those are such good fundamentals to bear in mind. Um, and I know like even in this era, there's a lot of people that are starting businesses, people that are seeing the potential to actually, you know, go into entrepreneurship whether it's a side hustle or a main thing um, because there are more opportunities out there. And I think it's a great thing, but I think it's so important that like you mentioned, financial planning is one of those things that you do pay attention to so that you're aware of what might lie ahead so Mm -hmm. for someone that might be considering transitioning away from full-time work um, and starting a business that they've had as a side hustle for maybe months or years now Mm. what would you say to them um, in terms of preparing to transition away from side hustling to running their business full-time
1: So I think number one, probably pretty obvious would be save, 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 you know, make sure that you save when you're in your full time job, because you think you because you know that you're planning to leave eventually, maybe not today, but in the future, you can't afford to be spending your whole salary, you need to be saving, Mm -hmm. because you want to be in a position that when you do leave, you know, you have at least, you know, maybe three to six months worth of expenses covered just in case. Um, you know, just in case anything happens, because entrepreneurship, as many people know, is a very um, what's the word? It's it's up and down. <laughs> it's not it's not constant, you know. Um, and so you need to be be able to weather some of the storms that may come, not in a negative way, but you know, just because some months you might make loads, some months you might make a little bit less. So save, save, save. But even before you, um, you know, you get ready to leave, I think there's a place of pushing your business as much as you can push it whilst you are working. So I've never been an advocate for people who literally just quit their job and say I'm going into business, but you have not even started yet. You don't have any customer base. You haven't sold one item. You don't have any funding in place. Like, I don't believe in that. Yes, Faith Without Works is dead, but you need to work. You need to work smartly, if you get what I mean. It's not just about faithing it. So, for me, I would say push your business, establish a good foundation before you leave. You you should, you know, hopefully get your business into a position where you have regular and predictable income it doesn't have to be the most income even if it's just i don't know depending on your industry even if it's a hundred pounds every single month that you know is definitely going to come in from your business or if it's 500 pounds whatever your target is you know you might say to yourself when i start when my business is bringing me in three thousand pounds a month for example then i know i'm ready to quit you know but whatever it is make it regular and predictable it shouldn't be ad hoc so whereby you know, some months you might have a lot, and some months might have zero. I think that's 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 not necessarily the. It's not that's not the right time to quit um quit your job because you just don't know how long that drag period might last. So you want to push it to the point that you have regular and predictable income, and then also establishing a customer base. This is all whilst you're working as you're preparing, knowing that you're going to quit. You should have a good number of customers that you are able to nurture and potentially sell services to. So that again, when you leave, you're not going to nothing. You have some people you can reach out to, people who are already interested in your product. And you can do that easily by things like a uh, a lead magnet. What's a lead magnet? A lead magnet is a free service or or item that you provide in exchange for the customer's details. Why is this important? Because obviously when you have their details, it shows number one, that they're interested in the The fact that they've registered, it shows that they're interested in the service that you're providing. And number two, it means that you can contact them in the future with other offerings. So you're preparing in advance before you leave. I think that those are the few things I would say in terms of preparing financially.
0: Mm, yeah, I think that's so key. I think especially like that customer base um, aspects of things, I think it's so good whilst you're working to ensure that you have got that client base and you've got potential clients and customers lined up um, because you want to test the market. You want to make yeah. sure that you know what you've got is something that's of value to others and people are willing to pay for it as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. the longer you can do that for the better. So it's almost like you're preparing the ground so that when yes. you do have more time, you can water it even more. But exactly. you're not just starting to water the ground on day one. You've been doing it <laughs> like already. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's just that's great, and I think it's good for people to hear this because there's so much talk about you know just quit your job and just go after your dreams and just follow your passion. <laughs> and it's like you have to take that with a pinch of salt. Like you <laughs> said, paper without works is dead. You have to put in the work as well. Like don't yeah. just expect everything's just going to turn um, towards you. Like as soon as you say I've oh, launched the business, mm. it does require work. And it does require like financial wisdom when yes. it comes to launching a business and growing a business as well. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm.
1: your fact, your the thing is your passion. You have to literally work so that your passion can pay you. And there's like you said, there's a lot of people talking about they follow your passion, but the passion doesn't pay you if you haven't done the work for it to pay you. If that makes mm-hmm. sense. Um, and yeah, it's just so important to do that groundwork. It's so, important. Yeah.
0: great. And so like. Thinking about starting a business or even people that have already started a business, one of the questions that I often hear is, what's the difference between operating as a self-employed individual or setting up a limited company? And I know it varies depending on your circumstances, but from a Mm -hmm. general perspective, what would you say is the difference between someone starting as a self-employed individual or setting up an actual limited company for their business?
1: So the word self-employed as a business is important to understand that basically there's no difference between the self-employed business and the self-employed business owner. You're the same person. A self-employed person just basically works for themselves. So you think about hairdressers who they are the staff, right? They do the work and they get paid. Or you think about like a gardener or plumber. They are the business. If they don't go to work, there's no business, right? There's no money coming in. Um, so the self-employed route is just basically you working for yourself, whether that be physically or, you know, even uh, just mentally, but basically you are the, you are the business. If there's no you, there's no business. Whereas with a, Um, limited company you are actually creating a separate entity that can exist outside of you so when you create a business a limited company you'll get like a company number and um, you will be asked to fill in a tax return for that company you will be asked to do company accounts for that company as the director but it's all in the company's name whereas when you're self-employed you do um, a financial return but it's actually in your name so your company, you might be self-employed. Yes, your company might be called, I don't know, Mary's, Mary's Hair Salon or whatever. But when you do your tax return at the end of the year, it will be in Mary's name, if that makes sense, um, as opposed to the business name. So those are the main differences. Um, and of course, because those the, because of those differences that I've just explained, i.e., you are the business when you're self-employed, but as a limited company, it's different from you. It does mean that taking money out of the company or spending money from your company for both of those for both of those two circumstances are, is very different. So, with a self-employed company or a self-employed person, after you take away your business expenses and you've paid your tax, the rest of the money is yours. Do what you want with it. Yeah. Whereas with a limited company. When you have taken away the business expenses and you've paid the tax, you can then either pay yourself a dividend and it has to be done formally and it has to be done after tax. Or if you want to take money from the company, you actually have to set yourself up as an employee in your own company. So it's very different in that regard. Uh, The self-employed person has so much freedom in how they manage and use the profit or the the money that they make, whereas a limited company has to do it formally. And when you take money out from your business, if you take it, for example, if you take a dividend over the tax-free threshold, you then (laughs) need to pay the tax. You need to pay tax because now you've earned extra money. So there's a whole other side there. I probably can't explain it very well in this, in this, in this conversation, but there's a whole, you know, complete um, system that needs to be worked and followed when you open up a limited company as opposed to like a, a self-employed company.
0: Mm, and I think it's so good that people do understand that there is a difference and there's different implications for each one. Yeah, um, Like you mentioned, in terms of the documentation that you have to keep, um, the way that you pay yourself, um, what you can actually spend the money on. And also, like um, you mentioned, the name of the company as well, whether it's in your name or or a separate entity if it's a limited company. And I feel like sometimes people get confused and I think that's the sole reason why speaking to an accountant or, you know, a financial advisor is so crucial. And especially when you're starting a business and a lot of people are so much about, you know, the operations and the sales and the product and stuff. Mm. Sometimes it is um, best to outsource that service, the finance yeah. side of things, to yeah. a professional who knows what they're doing, who has experience in the field, um, and someone that can actually guide you based on your own personal circumstances. Um, yeah, and I-
1: it's, it's it's I have to, I can't overemphasize it enough. Like there is no one size fits all because, like you say, people always ask these questions, but it's really dependent on your personal circumstances and only having a session with an advisor or an accountant or whatever you know will be able to give you the right answer for you if that makes sense. Mm -hmm.
0: And I think like from your experience what would you say are some of the common mistakes or mishaps that people have around managing their finances so I know we've touched on you know being able to separate your personal and you know your business bank account, but what are some of the other challenges or mistakes that people are facing when they're managing their business finances?
1: So I think the the, the the setup of the company, which we've kind of already talked about, I find some people wanting to register as limited company or they come to me when they've already registered a limited company, but they probably should have not done that. They should have probably done self-employed or someone is registered as self-employed, but they should have probably registered a limited company. So not understanding the... Um, you know, the full extent of the, 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 the differences between the companies and rushing to do something with not probably not enough information. I think that's probably the biggest one. The lack of separation between, so some people, you know, spending money from their business account as if it's a personal account, you know, um, it's just not on really. Also, one of the big ones, not saving for the tax bill at the end of the year. So, again, you know, the self-employed person, like I said, they've got a lot of freedom on, on, their, on how their money is used. And so, you know, once they've taken out their expenses, next thing they're spending the money all the way down. And they don't realize that actually when you do your self-assessment, you need to pay a tax bill. Um, so, you know, saving it in, during the year or in advance of your tax bill coming is one of the things that, you know, is probably missed by many people. Um, that way you don't have to, um, you don't find yourself, you know, out of pocket at the end of the year or unable to pay. And one of the things in particular for self-employed people that is worth mentioning is payment on account. So what is payment on account? Payment on account is basically when you pay your tax bill the uh, hmrc will also estimate your tax so when you pay for this year hmrc will estimate your tax for the next year and when you they estimate your tax for the next year they require you to pay 50 up front for next year many people don't know that and they, they you know they find at the end of the year that they're being asked to pay a whole lot of money that they basically did not save <laughs> and that they now do not have um so yeah mm-hmm.
0: And that's so good that you've mentioned as well, because there are little things that, you know, you might not be aware of that might catch you out. Um, yeah. And, you know, you can't always blame yourself because, you know, business is something that not a lot of people have insight into before they start it. And so there's things, especially from a financial perspective that you probably just wouldn't consider because you just mm-hmm. haven't been told it. Yeah. So that's why it's always good to go for someone who has experienced, someone that actually does the work um, on a day to day that can say, I actually, these are the things that you need to be considering. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know you mentioned that the start cash flow. So ensuring that you've got the cash you know, for the time that you need to make that payment on your account or you need to pay those taxes. And I think one of the reasons that people might fall into that trap is because they've spent so much money on things that yes they might be nice and it might be nice to have for your business but there's certain things that you need to have like saved and prepared Mm -hmm. for some of these legal requirements have you ever found that people in business have spent money on things that might have been able to have been deferred or held back um, Most so that they can yeah. actually have sufficient savings or a savings emergency pot for yeah. those those ad hoc expenses.
1: Mm-hmm. I had yeah, I had a customer so she was going to do a um, mm-hmm. like a. Uh, a cosmetic. Don't mean to say a beauty product, right? And I remember like her wanting. Thankfully, we were able to stop it because she spoke to me in advance. But she was saying that you know she wanted a special kind of container for the products that she was ser- ser- selling, and she wanted it to be high end. But the company that she found. Um, You know how when you buy, um, for example, if you're going to sell hair products, you're not going to buy like one bottle every time, right? They're going to sell you like a hundred in a box or 200 or 500 or whatever. Um, But the more you buy, the cheaper it is. Um, And so she said she finally found a company, um, but for it to be the right price, they were saying, oh, that they only do minimum orders of 8,000. Was it 8,000 or 800 bottles? I think it must have been 8,000. Because I think 800 is even more reasonable, but it was some ridiculous amount. And she was actually going to spend that amount like eight, uh, no, that's it, it was eight thousand pounds. And I think it was like some ridiculous amount, like 10,000 10, 10, bottles or something like that. And I'm like, you're just about to start your business. You haven't even done any promotion, you haven't done any marketing. No one even knows you, you exist, but you want to spend eight thousand pounds on bottles. You haven't bought the ingredients you haven't bought the stickers, you haven't bought anything else. Like it's just not the right thing to do right now. Don't get me wrong when the business is up and booming and you're making, you know, hundreds and thousands of sales every month. Definitely. That's the smart thing to do when you have it. But when you're starting out, hell to the (laughs) no, that is not right. Like it's a waste of money. So yeah, that's just an example of something. Also maybe, you know, People pay like uh, uh, um, so much for someone to do a website for them. Let's be realistic. These days, many businesses can even let me dare I say, so almost survive without a website. Like a website is not always the be all and the end all of your business. Um, You know, having social media accounts and being present—that's probably more important than a website. Yes, you should have a website, but should you spend a thousand pounds on your website when you haven't made one sale? I'm not really sure, Wix Mm. and Squarespace and all of these other places, you know, WordPress. They have free templates. I'm sure when you start, you know, do you use your time to do that and just have a basic landing page or a basic website for now? And then again, when you start to make the sales, you can think about spending a bit more to have, you know, a much more snazzy website. That's my opinion from a cash flow and from a, yeah, from a cash flow point of view. It's different if you have a large amount of funding, up, you know, given to you up front, which means that you can go with a big bang. But if you don't and you're, you, know, you know that you're funding it yourself, I think we need to be easy on those kinds of things.
0: I think that's so key and I think like you mentioned it's about knowing what you can afford and when you can afford it as well so um, it's understanding okay what can I use my money for in the best possible way that will give me the best results for what Mm -hmm. I need to do in this particular season and it's not necessarily saying no that you can never do this but like Mm -hmm. you said it's assessing where you're at in your business what funds are available and what's the best thing to do at the moment because Mm -hmm. I feel like sometimes when you see what others are doing and it's great to have aspirations and it's great to achieve, you know, great things. But when people are aware of what others are doing, they feel like they have to do that as well. Yeah. But you yeah. really have to be very clear on what your goals are, what your resources are and what's the best use of those resources. Mm-hmm. Um, because it can be so easy to get caught out in business because you want to follow the trends and you want to make sure that, you know, everything looks all great but (laughs) ultimately are these
1: actually income generating activities or expenses so yeah and I think that's the biggest thing many people when starting out in business early days they don't focus on the income generating some people do don't get me wrong but many people focus on aesthetics and they focus on the trivial things that don't actually put money in your pocket um, you know, there are many businesses out there, you know, local business, businesses that don't even have websites or don't even have, whatever. I'm not saying we should do that, but you know, they but the most important thing is that they're making money and that's what business is about at the end of the day. You know, a business is there to make money and no matter how pretty your website or your Instagram or how pretty your product looks or how pretty the bottle looks, if you're not selling yet and the money is not coming into your pocket, the, fi- the foundation of your business is is not quite right and i think accepting that hard truth sometimes can be painful for people as well um yeah
0: Yeah. But I think it's, it's really, it's really important that, you know, people are very honest about some of these things because like you said, it can be painful, but I think when you're able to make those sacrifices, it will pay off in the long run. Um, And, you know, it's not saying that where you are now or where you start is where you will stay. You Mm -hmm. will grow and you will evolve and you will be able to afford more things. But Mm -hmm. in order to do that, you need to generate income, right? So um, it's just putting things into perspective. So for someone that might be at a stage where they're now ready to grow their business um, because they want to expand maybe their customer base or they want to expand their brand or reach new markets, what are some of the financial things that they should be considering as they grow? Um, and yeah as they grow and as they try to reach more people through their business?
1: So just to confirm, this question is for like an established business, right? Yeah, so you want to grow, again.
0: you want to do more, you're now at a stage where you feel like, yeah, you know what, I'm making money, I've got a good customer base and I want to grow. What should they be thinking about
1: from a financial perspective? From a financial perspective, I would say that whatever if you like, for example, if you decide to go into a new market or a new, you can, you can diversify in two ways. It's either you take the same product to different people or you make a completely new product um, and you sell it to your existing customers. And you can also do new product, new customers, right? So depending on the level of diversification and how far you want to go, I would say each risk will have a cost. So for example, if you're deciding to make a new product to your existing customers, it's thinking about the cost of that product and thinking about, okay, if I do this product, and people don't buy it. How much will I lose? How much am I willing to lose in the in the in in taking this risk to diversify? If that makes sense, mm-hmm. um, and basically making sure that you give yourself a buffer. So for me, um, I would actually organize a business in a way that means that you have uh, different different um, like uh, what we call them like streams or different pot maybe so i.e for example you have your existing business it's going really well the income is coming in it's covering the costs, and you're making profit and then you've got a new side that you want to open up ideally you you should predetermine how much you're willing to invest in this new in this new aspect so whether that be even paying for marketing for example how much are you willing to invest set a limit on it so that you're not eating continuously into your profits and then see how you can turn that around and then as that's Begins to bring in income. You know, make sure that the income is covering the costs of that arm, if that makes sense, and then you're recycling that 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 recycling that money. So it's important that. The same way, for example, I talk about separating your personal and your business income and expenses, you can separate your income and expenses according to product as well and according to industry. Again, that way what you're doing is you're building like a protection around that which is already working so that it doesn't mean that now because you decided to invest in a new product or a new service or you decided to do something new, it cru- it crushes the whole business, if that
0: mm. makes sense. Yeah, um, definitely. I think that's so key as well like, yeah. because you want to be able to track each arm of the business right and see is it working and also if you're starting something else is it impacting the original customer Mm. base or the original product so it's always good to have that clarity when you're looking to grow so that you're able to say okay we are growing or maybe we're not growing at the rate we wanted so let's slow down on this bit a little while and then you know pick it up at a different time so I think yeah that's so important to consider the financial implications and also how you can manage those finances by looking at different ways to um, keep them separate as well Um, because there are a lot of you know people that are ready to grow they're at a stage now where it's like okay what can I be doing you know there's more opportunities out there so it's good to always know let me see how I can do this in a way that it won't affect the current business and I can afford to do it so that it's sustainable Mm -hmm. especially as Christian women one of the things that I think we need to be very confident in is our ability to um experience abundance in our lives in our business and to really aspire um for more things mm. so how could someone move from a scarcity mindset to an abundance mindset um in order to thrive as a Christian female entrepreneur
1: i would definitely say that this is not something that ha- happens overnight um i think Again, coming from that biblical perspective, it might take time, but the Bible talks about, you know, renewing your mind. Um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a continuous thing, like daily renewing your mind, like thinking about those things that are good, that are true, that are noble, that are pure, according to Philippians. You know, so it's it's something where I would say you make the decision today. But every day you take a different step, or you take the same step every single day to try and improve. If that makes sense, so whether that be meditating on you know the right scriptures that you know are in line with abundance, that are in line with um, having plenty, um, or it is praying, or it is saying those things to yourself, like I am worthy of so much more, you know, that I have. God owns the cattle on a thousand hills I cannot be you know I don't have to live without he has promised that he will give me everything you know that I need that pertains to life and godliness you know all of these kinds of things searching the scriptures and making them like your bread and butter daily eating his word Um, the more you do that even the bible says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God when you say the word of God out into the air it goes back into your ears right you hear it so when you speak it out you know and you the word Go out and then come back into your ears. It comes into you. You know, it's a that's that's how you begin to renew your mind. But I would say, in particular, just being intentional. At the end of the day, what you don't what you don't watch, what you don't measure, will not get. You know, will, will not change. So you have to be intentional about taking these steps and just feeding on the right things. Anytime that a a thought of doubt or a thought of scarcity, or a thought of limitation comes uh, comes to your mind, you know, having something ready to go that will counteract it. Because at the end of the day, these things will come no matter how faith-filled we are no matter how perfect we are every now and then something might happen or something might come that might want to challenge that but we have to be ready with the word on the inside of us or on our tongues you know ready to respond to such negative things Mm,
0: that's so key and I think like you mentioned it's renewing which means that it's continual yes Um, it's a process and you have to constantly do it day in and day out because there'll be different things that you're consuming um, consuming on a day day to day basis, mm. things you're exposed to that will try and
1: counteract the truth of the word in your mind. Mm-hmm. So you have to be constantly at it. And, and, and you know what's even more like I, I've experienced this recently. So <laughs> recently we just moved house so and we moved to a much bigger place and. You know, I realized that the level of faith that it took, for example, to move from a one-bedroom to a two-bedroom house, yeah, is different from the level of faith that it takes to move from a two-bedroom house to a four-bedroom house, for example, right? Mm -hmm. And so even, like we said, it's renewing, right? You might have been so awesome and you knocked everything out of the park. You got rid of that old scarcity mindset and now you're in a broader place than you used to be. But now you need to move to the next level. And so actually, even though you were acing it in in season one, and you you know you knocked out all of the hurdles now because you're going to a higher height it requires a greater level of faith and so realizing that as well which is what this is and this is part of the reason why it's a continuous thing because you know the bible says that the path of the justice as a shining light it goes brighter and brighter every new level requires a new level of faith Mm -hmm. and that's not because you're weak it's not because you're bad Um, it's just because it's a new level you've never been there before. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah,
0: yeah that's so cool that's so cool to know and to hear because sometimes we can get complacent or we can start to question why the faith that we had before mm. isn't really helping us to take that next step <laughs> yeah um and yeah it's just recognizing and and faith is there you know it's just about how much we tap into the word and how much we draw closer to god to help us press into that next level that he's prepared us for mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. yeah yeah so I thought it'd be nice to kind of wrap up with a few um, quick fire questions. Okay. Um, I think it would be nice to kind of just hear a bit about some of the thoughts that you have on these particular questions. So the first one is, what is a software or an app that can help with business
1: finances? You, oh, I got loads. <laughs> well, you know what, tell you us when you give one. <laughs> I can give you so i give you a list. So um there is free agent, which is really good for your um uh, accounting bookkeeping and that kind of stuff. Free agent, there's QuickBooks, there's Zero, there's Sage, um what else? I'll stop on those four for now. Um that's in terms of managing like your bookkeeping and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, In terms of other ones that are really good, like business bank account apps, I would say Tide, number one, Starling um, has a business account and also Monzo business. And of course, Revolut is about to open up, I believe, their their business account if they haven't already opened it up as well. So some of these new age banks loving what they're doing in that sphere
0: great yeah so guys check them out um, look into them and make yourself you know um, make yourself available to learn different ways to manage your money because sometimes when you're set in one way it might seem boring or dated but like mm. um, Benedicta mentioned there's loads of things coming up now to make it so much simpler yes. and more convenient so that you can keep an eye on your numbers and there's no excuse to see yourself running into overdraft or <laughs> yeah. you know, running out of money you need to make some key important purchases so check them out if you can okay so what is one habit that helps you in life and work
1: (laughs) one habit um I think I have I've learned and I'm still learning but it's working for me Um, at least the the level that I've learned in terms of getting help when you need it like I am able to successfully run and manage my business um now Um, alongside my full-time job only because I have help. If I was not, if I didn't have, in fact, there was a time when I didn't have help and I was so stressed out. Oh my God, it was really painful. (laughs) It was really painful, but I've learned to delegate and I've learned that I do not have to do everything and done is better than perfect just do it and put it out there it doesn't have to be a star and i'm not advocating for people putting poor quality things out there but you know when you've done your work to like 99 percent, and then you're then spending that one hour tweaking things that don't matter like the font or something but you know that the content is there Um, we just need to be able to push it out there's been times when I've done stuff and I've just said you know what I'm just going to put it out there and it's been really good it's been well received people have been encouraged and I just think to myself imagine if I still sat there saying oh no it's not perfect yet Um, it is better to move and do what you can with what you have and you know you can grow along the way and get help get help. Yeah,
0: it's so important to get the help you need to delegate, to outsource, Mm -hmm. um, if you can afford to. Um because there's only so much you can do, there's only so much you have in twenty four hours, how much time you have in twenty four hours. So, you know, the more that you can kind of spread yourself um and enable other people to get involved in that work, the easier it will become for you and the more people that you can impact. So that's great. Mm -hmm. Um what's one who's one person that's had a big impact on the woman that you are today?
1: Ooh, wow! From a Christian point of view, any? <laughs> um, from a Christian point of view, uh, I'd say one of my, my distant spiritual mothers, um, but not just from a Christian point of view. She's just all about women empowerment, empowerment, and even from a business point of view too. Um, her name is Reverend Funke Adetjimol um and yeah she has a lot of preachings and teachings and stuff about you know women not just being typical stay-at-home moms and stuff like that um and i've listened to her for so many years and connected with her and she's yeah she's just been really inspirational in that area not just in that area too just even with marriage as well and relationships and just how to gen- generally live your life um in a way that's peaceful and pleasing unto god before anybody else so yeah mm,
0: okay. That's great. And I think it's so important to have people around you, you know, that you can glean wisdom from and people that can show you that this is the way to do things or this is the way that might enable you to get to that point that you're headed in. So Mm -hmm. it's always good to have those influential people around you that support the place that you're moving towards. So that's great. And finally, what's one Bible verse or Bible character that keeps you going? Mm
1: -hmm. Uh, <laughs> a Bible verse, I think I already said it Proverbs 4, 18 That the path of the justice as a shining light Shines brighter and brighter Unto the day of perfection I love it because it just it just means that I can keep on going. Like there's no limits. It takes away every form of limitation. Um, and it makes me know that wherever, whenever I get to the next level, <laughs> there's another level to get to. And that's not to take away from the satisfaction and the joy of achieving of, of what, you know, what you've achieved to date, but it's just to tell you not to ever settle. Um, and that there's more. And yeah, I love it. It just talks about increasing in every way. So yeah, that's mm-hmm. my favorite verse thank you for
0: sharing that and it's such a great way to end like there is more never settle um don't feel limited to um where you are right now um and really just tap into what god is saying and calling mm. you towards mm. it's so important that you know we don't restrict what we can achieve through god um and even financially don't restrict yourself just look for ways to be um more disciplined and more um careful with the way you manage your money in your business so that you can go on and expand and do more things in order to serve the people that God's calling you towards. So yeah, that's great. Thank you so much, Benedicta. So how can we stay in touch with you? How can we find out more about your services um, and the things that you're doing?
1: Um, So Instagram, um, my business page is Benny Ratio Finances. That's B E N I. R-A-T-I-O, <laughs> Bernie Ratio Finances. Um, also my personal Instagram, Benedicta underscore woman on purpose. I do a lot, I talk a little bit more about ministry there. Um, and also on YouTube, um, Benedicta W O P. Um, you can find me on there. I tend to do like live um, live kind of Bible study teachings. We're doing a women of the Bible series um, on, on my Women on Purpose channel um and yes of course business website benny ratio finances.com what else i think those are the main places send me an email if you want (laughs) Um, (laughs) but yeah those are the main places instagram and yeah i'm on twitter on um on this on benny ratio finances as well but i think instagram is the main place you can find me and youtube for the ministry stuff i also have a book by the way so you can check me out on amazon um uh it's called woman on purpose obviously <laughs> um living uh, the woman that was created living and walking on purpose so yeah you can check me out there as
0: well great stuff thank you so much for your time today thanks for sharing so much insights around business finances um things that people can actually go away with and start applying things that they can start using um and yeah just thank you so much for your wisdom it's been such a pleasure having you on Thank
1: you for having me. I've really enjoyed the chat. Thank you so much.
0: Thank you for listening to the Ascribe podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to rate, review and subscribe as it allows other entrepreneurial women like yourself to find the show. If you would like to find out more about Ascribe, visit us at ascribeculture.com. Enjoy the rest of your day and take care.